the vibe check. I passed the vibe check. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to I See Things a Little Differently. This is fun. This is pro wrestling. This is why we do stuff like this. This is why we watch stuff like this. This past week is just the start of what we have to come and what should be a fun 2024. Hopefully, I might be asking for too much here, but hopefully controversial free as well. But... The, the carousel of talent just going around doing things. Things that's not even under the AEW or WWE banner are just... the. I can't explain to... I get asked this question a ton. They say, how do you avoid tribalism? One of the biggest things I... And I, I get asked this question. It's really a compliment as well. People ask me all the time, like, how do you not choose sides? Like, what made you... Like, growing up... How I even got into wrestling was my grandfather hated Hulk Hogan. And being from Louisiana, you're going to watch NWA, WCW, whatever, right? And so he loved the bad guys up east, though. So he watched people like Macho Man, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper. The list goes on and on. But he hated the good guys up there because they were so cookie cutter. And that's the best way I can put it. But it's one of those situations where legitimately you have to watch he he had to watch both to really fix that itch right wcw was his thing and i'm I'm gonna call it wcw but you guys know nw that was more of his thing but like he still he still liked some people like when macho man turned face he loved macho man so it wasn't like he hated that he hated how cookie cutter some people some people could be and so i was enabled to embrace both you know, living in Louisiana, living in Maryland, you know, I was able to embrace both. And then you make it to where then the summertime is in Maryland. You're up at two, three in the morning, you know, all of a sudden now you're VCW on. I didn't need to be tribalistic because I was able to, and I also was a huge FOMO wrestling nerd. I did not want to miss out on anything. And so sitting there and like being able to immerse myself in everything or going to a video store and and buying DVDs or or tapes of ECW, WCW, WWE, NWA whatever. I just wanted to be immersed in as much wrestling as possible, so I didn't limit myself. And so I didn't I wasn't able to keep up with everything, but I kept up with enough to where I knew what was going on in each company. So for me to see what TNA is doing. I am so happy for TNA. You know, because me, when when WCW died, I remember watching that last show. And yes, I will finally this year get to the Sean Oliver audiobook. I will record that. promise. Uh, It got lost in the shuffle. And um, just a heads up also on a side note, uh, 
I, I had the flu this past week, so you might hear me cough a couple times. I did a segment, which we'll get into later on, that I already recorded and is going to be put on after this. But I, I hacked up some, but it's 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 listenable, you know, um, just a couple times. But anyways, the point is, I was able to immerse myself in wrestling. I remember when TNA and NWA first came on the scene, I couldn't afford to pay for weekly pay-per-views. But I had a friend who had the box, and we would watch it. And seeing people like Ken Shamrock win a World Heavyweight Championship, Ron Killings winning a World Heavyweight Championship, they had some good stuff going, you know? And they lost their way. And you know what? They lost their way like many other people. The difference is, when WWE lost their way, they still had a major <laughs> television deal. So, like, you kind of had no choice but to see what's in their face, what's there. And at some point in time, when you just can't keep up, I, I honestly don't even remember the channel that TNA is on now because they switched so much. But um, I'm still able, to, still able to keep up to a degree. But um, there's a lot of talent over there that I still, I, I, I still watch, I still keep up, I still like, you know. But seeing them have the week they had, seeing AEW have the week they had, WWE, you know, having the week they they've, they've had, you know, it's just it's a good thing. That's why wrestling shouldn't die. I don't understand tribalistic nature of things, but the point of saying all this is, I don't tend to. Uh, get tribalistic because I don't understand it. One, two, what's the point? And three, I enjoy wrestling, and this is why it's just fun. It's just fun, you know. So, anyways, let's get to some these news and notes. Let's get to this really packed week of wrestling. Let's start off with some news. Dark Side of the Ring has officially been renewed for season five. And that is a good thing. Um, the creators seemed optimistic earlier uh, or middle of the year last year when season four ended. They said, oh, well, we'll hear when we hear. And honestly, if we're, being, if we're just being 100% honest, most of the time, uh, Vice TV hasn't, like, they don't they don't really renew their shows or the, all the time like most people do. Like, Fox, ABC, NBC... They all have to review their show, renew their shows, because they're all in a battle for ratings still. Vice TV ain't in that battle, <laughs> you know. Most people I know don't even watch the Vice, don't even watch it on Vice TV, like on the actual channel. They watch it on like the app or something, you know. So um, I'm interested to see what they're gonna hit up this time around. Um, I did at one point in time have some thoughts and some um, uh, ideas for some stuff that could be you know, um, on their, uh, season five, but I, I think I lost those notes, I'm not gonna lie to you guys, like, I, I was, I was looking for those earlier, I'm, I'm thumbing through my notepads now, I can't, but I can't really find them on the way I deal with them, but I'm happy that season five is going on, I've enjoyed it, you know, even, even when some of this stuff gets kind of repetitive with the same story over and over and over, you still, I still, as a wrestling, less wrestling fan, learn about people who I did, learn things about people I didn't know about, you know, I didn't know Bam Bam Bigelow um, even had two kids. I didn't know he that was his downfall. Was I did, I, it, it's you hear Dark Side of the Ring, you're like, well, what do you think? You know, but also you have Dark Side of the Ring, but you have the Bash of the Beach stuff going on, and you 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 still have those type of conversations that I like to hear personally. You know, because you do get little snippets of stuff that you probably hadn't heard before. You know, just all around good stuff in my opinion. Um, also, AEW news, Queen Amanata, um, I hope I said that right, 
She is the best friend of Sky Blue. All the ones that the 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 the, the pictures you guys have been thirsting over, uh, for, uh, like the ones with their each in each other's arms or whatever. The the young black lady. She is she is officially signed to AEW. She never got the All Elite uh, stamp, um, but she is signed. Um, I am not too familiar with her work, to be honest with you. I knew her and Sky Blue were best friends before the pictures. I knew they were best friends um, from a match I saw maybe two years ago. It was before Sky Blue signed. And they did a tag team match in some company. And I remember, like, afterwards, there was an interview, and they were my best friends. But it was it was, a, it was not a, a shoot interview. It was not a wrestling interview. It was, like, just, just a local news interview. And they're talking about how they got into wrestling and stuff like that. But you could tell that it was like a, it wasn't them in character at all. But I, I'm happy for her. I know she's been on TV. She's taking a couple of losses. Look here. I don't care what anyone says. If you look at the development of Sky Blue, of Julia Hart, AEW has has had these women come up. And, uh, yeah, Sky Blue was mainly used on Dark for so many years. And she was losing a lot. But she's gotten much better. And now her character has grown. Um... I don't know what they're going to do with Queen, uh, Queen but um, congratulations to her for being signed, and hopefully they can do the same thing for her um, that they did for other women in the past, as that woman's division is getting stronger. It just needs the time to manifest and bloom from the seeds that's been planted. NWA Power will begin to air new episodes next month, that's February, on the CW app. So congratulations to them. I really do wish they could have just gotten on no regular CW TV, but cocaine is a motherfucker, I guess, right? AEW, and one of the best things ever that I've heard, and I hope it's very much true, AEW is not considering Ric Flair for any kinds of matches, which is fantastic. I'm hoping that we see a uh, Ric Flair on TV until March 3rd. That's when we get the Sting retirement match, which we now know who's going to be facing. We'll get into that later. And after that, we don't need to see Ric Flair on TV at all. We're so good. We do not need to do this. And Ric Flair does not need to be on TV being tempted to um, do anything ridiculous. Because we just saw what Sting just did this past Wednesday. And holy crap on a cracker. We will get into that later. That was absolutely ridiculous. Jeff Hardy has tweeted and then deleted. He said the Hardys are stuck on Rampage. My first thought when he said this... Matt Hardy has been off and on on Rampage for years because he signed before Jeff signed, and but they but he was still used sporadically on Dynamite. He was still a part of some big time matches like uh, the Stadium Stampede match, and he's had some moments, right? But he's always been on Rampage. Like he's been a fixture on Rampage. He's one of the few people that's a fixture on Rampage. So my first thought was, Jeff, you're you're the you're at, you're at fault for this. <coughs> Excuse me. You are completely at fault for this. We've never gotten this report, but we all know where that where this was going last year, two years ago, whatever it was. It was two years ago. We all know that it was leading to the Hardy Boys winning the tag team championships and having a token run, so that way they could they could hold the titles that they've never held. And then Jeff messed it up. So now Jeff has messed his brother's stuff up, and now Private Party is officially back together. They've disbanded the Hardy Party. And now you can see Private Party go off and do their own thing because they deserve their own. Unlike what Ortiz and Santana got, which now it's their decision to not be a team. Why not give Private Party that chance to grow into their own tag team and away from the vet? They've had enough veteranship from those guys. 
I still truly believe there's worth in the Hardy Boys. But why not Rampage? Why not Collision? Put them on Collision. There's a great tag team scene on Collision, but should they really be beating FTR or the House of Black right now? I don't think so. Yes, well, the fans love to see the moment, of course. And what you could always do is give them the token tag team championship win and then have a team like the House of Black come in and immediately destroy them and defeat them. But it's like, bro, you did this. Matt complaining, that's fine. You did this, though. So now all of a sudden, it's supposed to be some type of sympathy here, homie? I don't know, man. I, I, look here, I like the Hardy Boys. I do. I do believe there's definitely um, value in them. There is. There still is. There just, there just is. I do believe that. But come on, bro. Really? And also, uh, let me say something about Rampage. Because someone said, you don't really review Rampage. I honestly only watch Rampage for the skits. Like, the matches are already spoiled, which I don't mind watching. I don't mind watching or looking at the spoilers and saying, okay, um, the Continental Classic, well, the, well, the Continental Championship was on the line. A. Kingston defeated Willie Uta, right? That's cool. I don't need to. That's fine. You know, what I really enjoy is, like, the small character development sometimes. Like, example, they currently have a storyline going on, which is the same as the Otis and Dolph Ziggler storyline, but this time it's with Soraya and Ruby Soho, the last two members of the Outcast. Soraya is jealous of Daddy Magic. Uh, was it Daddy Magic? Wh- wherever one of the guys is, he's hitting on Ruby. They clearly are there in love. They just had a skit this past Friday where um, uh, Mariah May, was it Mariah May? No, it was Danny, Danny XO. She, her and uh, Homie Kiss, because they're, they're, of course, and, and, and with no context, it looks like they're making out. With context, we all know it's them celebrating Ruby Soho's birthday and him giving her a birthday cake. But, of course, she stops the tape right there. What I liked about the skit, though, was everyone who wanted to support the relationship, including the the the, uh, the, the interviewer, Renee Paquette, was like, once they seen the footage, she was like, you're such a shithole. Like, I love stuff like that because there is small character development on there because Ruby Soho, I love I think Ruby Soho, Soho is great. And, obviously, it's leading to a match between Ruby Soho and Soraya. It just is. Do I need to see that match? No, because I know Soraya just isn't the woman she used to be. She can't take the chance that she used to be, which I am 100% okay with that. But I do still like seeing Ruby Soho in doing something, you know? And if this is where they're going with this, I've enjoyed this, the sketches and the skits and stuff. So I do watch Rampage for the sketches. I, I just do. I enjoy it. Um, there's always value in every wrestling product, dude. And that also goes back to the beginning of the show when I said... I don't need to have a tribalistic mentality. I think I can take pieces of what I like and what I don't like. Like I truly don't enjoy three-hour raws. Like it's so hard to get through. So I don't watch three hours worth of raw. I see the highlights that everyone's talking about. I watch those, and then as I fast forward, if I see a, a certain interaction I'm enjoying, I watch it. That's how I know what's going on with the show. So a lot of times, even if you think I've watched three hours, I really haven't. You know, it's just one of those things where it's just I don't need to go that far. If you want. The full reviews of a lot of this stuff. You guys need to go to Solid Monster Sound, Sounds Off or uh, or uh, the homie. Um, what's his name? What, what's the, what's his name? Uh, I forgot the other homie. I apologize, but you need to go to them. They literally do breakdowns. You can go to their YouTube channels. Um, I, I know that they take donations and for the reviews and stuff, but you can watch them for free as well. Um, but they do a great job of watching everything. I'm just not. I'm not. It's not going to work for me. But anyways, enough of that stuff. There is value in Rampage. Dynamite, Samoa Joe came out in a suit with the AEW World Heavyweight Championship with the nameplates on there. He looked good. 
And so he said there will no need to be any ho-ass comments on social media. If you want a shot at the champ, you can come and get it. So out came Swerve Strickland, his first ever appearance in AEW at Daly's Place. I forgot. It's been a while since they went to Daly's Place. One, the Titantron and everything, that whole setup, I thought it looked good. Um, but, you know, I, I just forgot because when you were watching those pandemic shows, it's all you saw. It's all we knew. We saw the we saw the Thunderdome, and we saw Daly's Place. And because Florida's a renegade state, they were able to be deemed essential, which is to each its own. Um, I You just don't, you just think about this. Brody Lee never worked outside of uh, of Daly's place when he was in AEW. His run in AEW was less than a year, and he passed away, unfortunately. And, and the reason why I bring up Brody is because this was another Brody Lee tribute show, essentially, if you think about it. Um, but, like, you forget, like, how many people have not been to Daly's place. Like, you know, and how many people ha- and how many people have not wrestled there. Does CM Punk ever wrestle at Daly's place as an AEW superstar? I don't know. You know, I need to do some research on that. I don't... I don't think this was Samoa Joe's first time as Daily. I don't remember that. I don't. I, I honestly don't. But you look at the. But you look at what was key to AEW in the beginning. So I, I just think that was a pretty cool touch. Then out comes Hangman. Swerve and Hangman make their 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 their, their intentions clear. They want a shot at the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Then out came Hook. Now for some people who are under the uninitiated, you may wonder why the fuck is Hook out here. You know, like, when, when did he become a factor in the World Heavyweight Championship match? Well, the owner of the bleeping company made him a factor because Tony Khan, and I do not know what prompted this. I don't know who made what comment about AEW, but essentially he had said that because Jinder Mahal is getting a championship match, he, did, he pulled up Hook's record. Jinder then said, who the hell is Hook? Which Hook didn't deserve because Hook didn't say shit. It was the owner of the company who was probably, honestly, he was probably just making a joke. You know, I don't take these things too serious. I'm also not very much active on Twitter or X, whatever the fuck you want to call it. So I don't know if he was serious or not. But I, look here. Anytime he makes a comment on social media, I'm sure he embarrasses some people in the company. Some people, someone should probably say to him, hey, homie, you might not want to do that. You might not. You know, now if he's joking, Look here, how can you tell joking words? You can't. That's why a lot of times when you have these text message psychologists who say, well, you meant this because this was... I'm Fun story for you guys, sidebar. I had a phone, one of my first cell phones. The only thing it would text in is uppercase. There was no way to lowercase the phone. Now, for you kids who don't understand this, because this was like in 2008 or nine, probably probably before then, actually... The phone was a tiny little phone that my, my you guys can't see this now, but my hand my I have pretty thick fat fingers hands right, and legitimately my hand could engulf it right, but like there wasn't many functions to it, so anytime I ever text people who were text message psychologists and this is in the early phase of text messages, they would always say hey why are you yelling at me I'm like dude my phone does not do lowercase and one homie was like nah when you come over later i'm gonna gonna, gonna fix your phone said cool literally this motherfucker was on my phone for five hours am i his hit house he's getting frustrated he's like yo you really don't have the function to lowercase it's all capital i was like yeah so anyways um 
So, like, everyone is a psychologist. I read the tweet. I thought it was just a joke, but I don't know him, you know? And also, because he's had meltdowns on Twitter before, who knows? He's an emotional guy. He should probably have his Twitter taken away at some point in time. Legitimately. But either way, that's how Hook got into this. So next week, Hook, who is a viral video going on. I don't know if it's viral, but there's a video going on where he's in the club smacking a woman's ass. Good for Hook. My, my man. Um, in the strip club, too. So give context there. He's able to touch in the strip club. Sorry. <laughs> but um, he will be challenging, and Samoa Joe has the first official challenger for the AEW Heavyweight Championship, and that man is Hook next week on Dynamite. Also, what I got out of this is I don't think we're getting a one-on-one match at uh, Revolution. I think the AEW Championship match at Revolution is going to be a triple threat match between Samoa Joe, Swerve Strickland, and Hangman Page. Hangman Page takes the fall, which then leads to a one-on-one match because Swerve can say, I never got pinned. You never pinned me. You never choked me out. That was the weak man who got that. So I'm going to go, I, I, I'm going to say that. I'm going I'm to make my, boom. There you go. Up next, Sting and Darby Allen in the main event of Daly's Place tag team against the Cal's family. Takeshita, uh, I said Kanesha, Takeshita and Powerhouse Hobbs. This was a crazy brawl. These guys were crazy. Sting, of course, had to do the craziest thing of them all because he's fucking nuts. And he said, look here, Sting has made his mind up. If I'm going out, I'm going out with a bash, blast. And that's just the way it has to be. He <coughs> takes Hobbs, <coughs> puts him to Scorpion Death Drop, tries to go through. He's on the top of next to the crowd. And so he's like maybe 10, 15 feet from the ground. He's going to do a Scorpion Death Drop on Hobbs through two tables on the ground. They completely miss one table. Hobbs sells it like a champion. Sting misses the table as well. It looks like he hit his head a little bit. But either way, Hobbs sells it. Sting pins Hobbs. This looked awful. It was scary. And here's the thing. We we have to come to grips with this, guys. <laughs> Someone said Sting needs to be saved. These are Sting's decisions. This is what Sting wants to do. Tony Khan has given Sting carte blanche on whatever he wants to do before he retires. And Sting is leaving it all out there. He's going to have no regrets. He's going to be one of the wrestlers that when he retires, that motherfucker is going to be done. He's not taking any more chances. You, I just believe it. I do. Because this is why he's doing all this crazy shit. So, Sting's out of breath. Tony Schiavone goes in the ring. Ric Flair, Sting, and Darby are in the ring. Sting's about to try to catch his breath. Uh, Tony says, hey, where is... Who, who is, excuse me, who are your final opponents? Like, who have you chosen? Before he can say anything... The Young Bucks music hits, and out come the Young Bucks. They don't say anything. They just look at each other. Sting looks at them. Sting looks at Darby. He says, are they challenging us? Darby just says, bring it. The Young Bucks just look. We have not seen the Young Bucks since, I believe, Full Gear. They've been off for two months. So we have not seen them since Full Gear. And now we know the motion that everything's in, that's, in, that's set. We now know what I assume will be the main event of Revolution. And there's a lot of people not happy about this. Well, I mean, not happy. There's a lot of people very, very, they are fuming about this. Um, Look, Sting chose them. And I saw someone say to me, they said, hey, well, it was like an argument happening in my DMs. And someone had put me in, 
like essentially what happened was someone had messaged me and another person knew each other. They were both asking for my opinion at the same time. So I gave, both gave him my opinion that this is what Sting wants. So I, I, I decided to address this here. One of the guys said, hey, well, it's, it's, isn't it tradition to choose your own opponent? Not all the time. Kurt Angle didn't choose his opponent. Kurt Angle got Baron Corbin. And, and if you guys don't remember that, Kurt Angle's own wife had tweeted and deleted how it was a joke that Baron Corbin was his final opponent. Kurt Angle got to pick his matches up until that point. Like, he got to wrestle people like Samoa Joe, AJ Styles one last time. Those are people that he got to work with by his dime, but his final opponent was not his choice. It was Vince McMahon's choice. Um, some people do get to choose their final opponent. Um, not everybody, though. In this case, Sting chose the Young Bucks. Look here. They have not wrestled them before, to my knowledge. Um... Sting is undefeated. I don't know if he's going to... Now, I can only imagine if they put the Young Bucks over. What that's going to cost. But this was Sting's choice. Uh, I don't know who else it could have been. Like, they've beaten every tag team that, that you possibly can have. They're 23-0 and 0 for a reason. They've defeated every tag team that you can think of. You know, and also, do we did we want to see the Acclaimed versus Sting and Darby? Did we want to see... Uh, did we want to see the House of Blood? I don't know... But, like, this is his choice, so I don't have an issue with it either way. Uh, but there's a lot of frustrated people. But this is Sting's decision, and Sting wants to go out. And think about this, and here's a, way, here's, a, here's a good way of seeing it. The Young Bucks are responsible for us getting this last run of Sting. We don't get this last run of Sting without the Young Bucks. Young Bucks, Omega, Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, are all responsible for us seeing Sting... Uh, I would say go out gracefully, but this motherfucker's trying to go out in the flame, a blaze of glory. So I'm going to say that. He's going out in a blaze of glory. But we're getting to see this run that we didn't see before. And if you guys don't remember the, the uh, <coughs> excuse me, the uh, interview that Cody had, Cody said his one of his matches, he was, like, like, we know Sting has said he didn't want to do any singles matches, but Cody said no, the, one of the destinations was going to be Cody versus Sting. In a one-on-one match, that was the plan at one point in time. So I'm like, yo, that's that's crazy to even think that we could have even saw that. But apparently, that was I don't know what story they were would have made to get to that point. But we've seen a little bit. We've seen Crazy Sting. What well, we've seen Crazy slash Terry Funk style Sting. We've seen a little bit of Joker Sting. We've seen original Sting a little bit. We've seen a lot of stuff, you know. So I'm not mad by it either way. But either way, uh, the rest of the show is mainly dedicated to a, a tribute show because uh, Negative One, Brody Lee's son, booked uh, uh, several of their matches. Uh, and several people got the wins that were a part of Dark Order, so you knew that was more... They Look here. That's just what it is, man. It's just, I still think that's the greatest... I uh, uh, want to say TNA, but that's the greatest AEW Dynamite of all time is a, a tribute show to, to Brody. Mickey James is the new creative director, executive producer, and head of female talent at OVW. Congratulations to her. I'm really happy for her on that front. Raw, Drew McIntyre has entered the Royal Rumble match. Former winner there. You guys are going to hear my thoughts on two-time winners later on in the show. Him and CM Punk spar a bit. I will say this. I just said this last week, I believe, where it's only two big names in there. Are, are, as far as like that, are you can really think of that can win are still CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. I know the odds have uh, Gunther is number two. They could always look here. They could always 
that we, we wouldn't be a swerve. But he could always throw things out there and say, hey, let's, let's get Gunther out there. But let's be realistic. <laughs> let's just be realistic. Punk is probably the one that's going to win. But, you know, Cody, you can't, you can't, you can't not say Cody's not number two with that. Or if not, one, one A, one B, you know. But um, I think it's a strong name to have in the Rumble since you legitimately don't want Orton to take a pin. So now you have three names out of that Rumble that would have made that Rumble a hot-ass Rumble. Now you put another big name in there, which is very, very important. Cody, Shinsuke Nakamura in a street fight in the main event. And as I said earlier, Jinder Mahal will get a World Heavyweight Championship match next week on Raw against Seth Rollins. I saw some people mad about this, Tony Khan included. Um, I actually like it. This is why we have the second World Heavyweight Championship, because we will not be getting these type of championship matches. Not saying that we need to see Jinder Mahal, but my point is we only see the WWE Championship defended so rarely. Why not have a champion that's going to defend the title all the time? Somehow we lose our way when it comes to fandom. You want the long run, you get the long run, you get tired of the long run. You want the fighting champion, but then you get tired of fight. The fighting champion takes on everybody. That's why I do believe, I'm not saying we should bring back squash matches, but I think they were very crucial at one point in time. No, I know they were very crucial because you would have Razor Ramon against Blackjack Dulligan. I'm making that name up. There's no Blackjack Dulligan. But you would have him defending on superstars against a random intercontinental. Hey, you're a nobody. You want intercontinental championship match, Chico? Cool. And now you have this random person that's getting an intercontinental championship match. And you're like, oh, wow, that's, that's kind of cool, you know? Why not? Jinder Hall is a former world heavyweight champion in this company. Whether you like it or not, it's in the history books. It is in the history books, my people. So, anyways, I think that was an interesting way. But also, look. Look here, man. If you're going to keep Jinder around, have him do something. I'm with him. SmackDown. The Pride is the name of Bobby Lashley and Street Profits Group. Also, we got the final testament is the name of the uh, Carrying Cross's new stable. I did air quotes there. You can see me doing air quotes in both of those. So we finally have names for both. The fatal four-way was trying to be derailed by the bloodline as they were trying to take out everyone and ruin the show. Nick Aldis, who has done a magnificent job as GM, said, no, the main event, the fatal four-way, still happening. Now the bloodline will be in the main event and they will be outnumbered for the first time in a long time. So you have... Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa versus AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight. <clears throat> and LA Knight. So that was the main event of SmackDown. I thought it was a nice twist to have uh, the Bloodline, who we knew weren't, weren't going to see Roman Reigns. We knew that. It was a nice twist to have the roles reverse. And then and we ended up seeing that because we, we ended up seeing the Shield powerbomb uh, from AJ Styles, Randy Orton, and LA Knight to Solo Sokoa a table so that was a pretty good way of of doing that so that was pretty cool also and what looked to be awful we had a match between austin theory and carmelo hayes and when they were doing a, a flip spot they both came off on their neck hard the match was stopped um reportedly they are both fine but i'm glad the match stopped that that looked like a awful bump to take for both men um so I'm just glad that they were both uh, good after that uh, or just, you know, got, got away from that. In a rumor, 
And boy, oh boy, you guys really do hate Chris Jericho now. We have nothing confirmed. We have nothing denied. But we have a lot of hate going towards Chris Jericho. Apparently, on the Chris Jericho cruise, which I've heard is a fantastic experience, in 2020, MVP support reportedly knocked out Chris Jericho. Look here, guys. I had someone hit me up. You gotta talk about. This. I don't. There's nothing to talk about. MVP made a, a, a he made a funny little meme about it. He says, "Have you guys heard any good rumors lately?" Um, I don't know if it's true or not. Can I believe it? I guess you know. Jericho's known for getting into it with people, um, so I don't know why that would be out of the realm of possibility that um, he would be you know kind of uh, in the fist fight with somebody. So I don't I don't know what to say about that, but. I think it's funny how a lot of this... And we're going to get more. We're going to get a lot more fucking rumors coming out now. Things that are going to be knocking Chris Jericho. This is just not good for him. And no one's no one has said anything about all these NDAs and stuff like this. He, they've kept quiet. And I, I don't know what his next move is. I know him and, uh, him and uh, Sammy Guevara, they challenged for the Tag Team Championships at Battle of the Belts last night. As I record this, this is Sunday. Um, they lost in a fun street fight to Big Bill and Ricky Starks, who are keeping the tag team titles for a little while longer. Um, but he, look here, until this is addressed, just these things, these rumors are going to keep persisting. But does he need to respond at this point? I, I, I was thinking about this earlier. <clears throat> what good does it do? Like, seriously, what good does it do? I, I don't know. I was watching this, this, this uh, mini documentary on YouTube about The Rock and about how his diet's not really take steroids and and the guy, it's, it's a well-produced video, but the guy had made a comment to the effect of, um, he should just come clean and use steroids. But I was like, my first thought was like, why? For transparency? Most people don't want transparency. People judge you no matter what online anyway. So then to give you transparency and what? Rock's a brand now. Dwayne Johnson is a brand. So like, why is he going to mess that brand up? Now, do I think he kind of already messes it up and people don't call him out on it? Yeah, sure, because it's good to be into the Dwayne Johnson business. But like, example, I remember one time, he had said something to the effect of, yeah, you know, I don't I don't eat sweets or anything like that. But like, if you actually follow him on Instagram or Twitter, every Sunday he has a cheat day. So he's making these big-ass pancakes with, like, whipped cream and cinnamon bun sauce. Like, we all know Cinnabons. If you ever had Cinnabon in the States, or I, I, don't, know if they're, I don't know if they're just in the States, but I'm going to say, because I live in the States, anyone who's ever heard of Cinnabon, there's nothing fucking healthy about a Cinnabon. And this dude will have five pancakes. He will, like, I, I used to follow him on Instagram. Um, and, and, like, oh, I might still do. I don't remember. I don't really get on as much. But, like, um, he'll take the icing and put it all over and say, this is my cheat day meal. So you do eat it. And there's also, like, three videos of him saying, I tried in and out for the first time. You can't try it three times in a row for the first time. Dog, you eat regular food. It's okay. Like, you deserve it. Like, you, you probably eat the same meals every fucking day. You know, that's why, that's why I, I work out, right? Yeah, ladies, come to me. I hear you. But um, I, I work out, right? And I know for a fact I cannot do the meals that Hugh Jackman and The Rock do all the time. Like the whole chicken the whole chicken breast and if they have chicken breast every day. I don't like chicken that much. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolutely not. So I'm like, no, I would rather than that sounds like an awful idea. You know? Um, so that's the only thing that's kind of annoying about it is that. You know, like, you don't need to, dude, you, you, it's okay, you're not superhuman, even though you look it, but, like, dog, like, you eat regular food, too, you, you have a cheeseburger every time of it, it's okay, you know, um, but, yeah, like, people don't want transparency, so, so, if Jericho, so, what, do you guys want to cancel Jericho now? That's cool, then what? I mean, I, I'm just saying, I don't know what's next after that, 
is the ju- has the judgment then been passed and it's good? You know, like I, it's just I, I don't know. But anyways, these these rumors are gonna keep happening until Matt Cardona has challenged Nick Nemeth at GCW No Compadre. Nick Nemeth has been all over the place. We're gonna get to him in a second again too. Now this was a big rumor reported by a lot of people. Roman Reigns is currently not listed to be a, a competing at the Elimination Chamber match. So the thing that people were reporting last week saying that, well, the match between him and Rock will then happen in Perth. Looks like that's not the case, but nothing's been confirmed or denied. Triple H did confirm, though, that CM Punk will be in Perth. So I don't know what this means. I am, look here, I am very interested to see what that main event is going to be. And if Roman's not going to Perth, what's the, really? That's a big time show. To not have your one of your world cha- or your, well, technically your, your the face of your company on, so I, I I'm wondering where this is going and if this is real. If not, then wow, what a way to not give that audience what they probably sh- should get. But anyways, AJ Francis, the former top dollar, says he wants to work for AEW. I immediately saw this and I said I'm only writing this down to say Tony Khan. Core Jade has it was injured at a house show. The extent of her injury is not known as of this recording, but apparently it looks like a knee injury, and it's a shame because she just came back. So and I know they they look like they were having her go for the women's championship in NXT. So hopefully it's not serious, and hopefully she can just heal up really fast and come back. F is even anything serious. TNA hard to kill their pay per view was last night. We had a ton of people debut. The former Dana Brooke debuted there we had moose winning the tna championship think about how crazy this is for moose moose was one of the people that when he was the impact well he was when he was going for the impact air quotes no air quotes because even air quotes world heavyweight championship he brought back the tna championship and so when in order to say that he was the history of the company and blah 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 and that ended up being the whole thing for a while was having the two belts we saw kenny omega carry around those two belts saw josh alexander hold those two belts Christian Cage hold those two belts. Uh, Rich Swan hold those two belts. Now he is a official TNA World Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to him. But that is not what people will be talking about. We saw Nick Nimitz, the former Dolph Ziggler, in the audience. He ripped off his shirt to reveal a TNA shirt underneath it. He had the crowd going crazy. The crowd was screaming for uh, for TNA. And then he comes in the ring, gives a super kick and a zigzag to Moose. This guy. Is going to be all over the fucking place, and I love it. He, not everything has to be under the TNA, I mean, under the AEWWB banner. This guy was in New Japan at Wrestle Kingdom. This guy is now at Hard to Kill pay per view as TNA rebrands himself back to TNA. And this guy is going to be probably challenging for the World Championship in TNA and the Global Championship in New Japan. I'm here for it. I like it all. I'm here for it all. Jordan Grace, who just re signed with the company, captures gold from Trinity as Trinity is supposedly, reportedly, on her way back to WWE, where run she had, and look here, this is why all wrestling around can be a good thing when you have other companies. Trinity literally left as a champion in WWE, went won a championship at another promotion, had some good matches too, and now she can go back. Maybe not a bigger star, but hey, she has had she 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 kept her name out there on her own. Sometimes it's so important, dude. Like, think about, when I think about why wrestling and having these meet companies is important, look at, look at places like ESPN. I know I've been all over the place for this episode, but follow me on this journey. 
Think about how many times people that you see work at ESPN for a long period of time. When they go, they go. Like, it's like they get buried. They, they just they, they disappear. Very few people um, come out stronger. Like, when I think about ESPN, I think about the Jamel Hills, the Michael Smiths, the... Um, if you don't watch sports, I apologize. But then you look at people like Dan Levitard and Stu Guy. It's like, these people still kept their names out there. Despite not having... Well, I know Dan Levitard's under the, Dra- under the DraftKings and HBO Max stuff. But um, I, I feel like once you, sometimes once you leave that big brand, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle. But Trinity did not stand by her... She did not. She went and she went to TNA. You still felt the glow if that was your thing. And she won a championship. She won the top prize in that company. I don't know, man. So it's, it's important to have a lot of these companies around, but that's just me. Josh Alexander defeated Alex Hammerstone. Giselle Shaw won the Ultimate X match. Those were just some of the highlights of TNA Hard to Kill. I did watch the entire show. Um, I'm not up to up to all the storylines, but those were the main ones I was watching. So uh, I thought overall it was a strong show. We saw a lot of good things. We saw a lot of turning points, um, pun, pun intended. Um, that's one of their pay-per-views um, for TNA, so I'm, I'm happy for those guys. New Japan had their Battle in the Valley uh, match uh, show last night. John Moxley defeated Shingo Takagi in a no-disqualification match. After that, he said, hey, we have the Windy City Ride coming up. How about this? Naito, me and you, world championship. When the Windy City show just got to be even more, that's not a word, even bigger. So now you have Moxley in the main event challenging, challenging Naito. So which means he's not going to be on AEW TV for probably a good while. Then you have, which was the surprise of the fucking day, Jack Perry, full beard and all, brawny man out here, legitimately shows up, takes out um, Shada, one of John Moxley's protégés. He then takes his AEW contract. He rips it up. Then he shows you a band, uh, uh, armband, scapegoat. He puts the armband on and leaves. That was the biggest surprise of the day for me. I, I was like, people have been asking, like, yo, where is this dude Jack Perry? Like, he no, he's no longer suspended. And what does scapegoat mean? Do you, does it mean he's a scapegoat for the fans, for the company? I mean, some people could see it that way. Did he start that? Yeah, he kind of did. And DJ Who Kid, uh, former DJ for uh, G-Unit who has been on tour with AJ Francis, he said that he was there during the incident. He didn't want to talk about the main incident, but he said that Samoa Joe was pivotal in that incident. And he said that Samoa Joe, like at one point, walked up and said, hey, this is our time to shine. You guys get the fuck together and go out there. And we heard that. We heard Samoa Joe was a big proponent in making sure that that match between him and CM Punk was... I'm gonna go through. I honestly believe <clears throat> that is what led to him winning the title. So because it was reported last week, MJF, despite all the injuries and everything, he was always meant to lose the world title. Excuse me, guys. He was always meant to lose the world championship to Samoa Joe once that was booked in around October. I think that this what he what Samoa Joe did by getting CM Punk in that match, that opening match, and it going smoothly, I think that's what led to this world championship. But he deserves it without a doubt. You guys know I've been caping for Samoa Joe to get the, the title, but um, I think that moment is what in, in in London is what it was like. Okay, this is where they said, "All right, we got put this. This guy's a leader. We got to put this belt on him." So 
look here, guys. I thought it was a strong week of wrestling. A lot of where are we going now? Like for the for TNA, as I said, it's a new direction. New Japan, new direction. Like some like Moxley's not been on AEW television all year, but he's been in New Japan, and he's gonna stay in New Japan. We have Mustafa Ali gonna be in when he, at, at, at Chicago. We have we have so many questions, no answers yet, and I love it. Also, where is this Jack Perry thing going? I'm here for it all. So, um, this is not the end of the show. We're gonna transition. As I said uh, earlier, I, I kind of brisked over it. But essentially, I wanted to do something special this year. Something different. We could always do the top 10 Royal Rumble moments. That, that's all cool. Everyone's going to do that shit. But I wanted to get more specific. I wanted to get more picky. I said, you know what? There's some things that have happened in the Rumbles I really don't like. And I want to be nitpicky because I don't get too nitpicky all the time. But I said, let me get nitpicky. Well, this week, we're going to talk about my top 10 worst moments in Rumble history. Not just the match, but the pay-per-view in general. Things just I did not like. I hate it. You know, just even the smallest things. Just just being nitpicky, because this is not a nitpicky show. But I decided to do it. Then next week, we're going to get deeper into the 10 things that I love. Like, just even something as simple as a, a simple elimination, the way the person got eliminated. We're going to get really specific then as well. So... This runs about another 25 minutes, so this show will be over an hour. But either way, guys, thank you for joining me this week. You guys stay safe. You guys be blessed. Check me out on the Wednesday show. I did watch Echo. Um, we will not be doing five episodes on Echo because it doesn't warrant it. Um, it's, a, it's a pretty quick watch for it to be five episodes. But we will check, uh, like I said before, we have every episode Wednesday filmed, I mean, recorded until the last... Wednesday of the month, so that first February Wednesday will be that episode. Uh, I'll remind you guys as we get closer to that, but I did watch Echo for you guys asking, and you guys will get my review then. So I am the Slow Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. Check me out at the top 10 worst Rumble moments of all time next. Hey guys, so we're doing something a bit different. So essentially, you know everyone has their top 10 list of the greatest Royal Rumbles of all time, and... Stuff like that, right? Well, I want to do a more very specific touch on on a list. I want to talk about like my favorite Royal Rumble moments, whether it was a match, uh, a moment, um, um, something that just happened, you know, elimination. I'm getting very nitpicky here. So even like the the bad moments, air quotes, no air quotes, you guys even doing air quotes, are very nitpicky. So these are just things I absolutely hate and things I absolutely love. As I've shared with you before, this is my favorite pay-per-view of all time. And let's give a quick history of the Royal Rumbles. This is the story I've heard multiple times. I'm going to go with this story because I have not heard a different one. So essentially... Um, Pat Patterson had pitched this idea of the Royal Rumble to Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon at the time hated it. Well, maybe a few months later, USA said, hey, we need a special. We want to put you on TV. It was a USA or NBC, one of the two networks. I think it was NBC. And Vince had no ideas. But they wanted a special and they wanted it to be, I think it was an hour-long special that they had. And so um, Vince went back to Pat and said, hey, your stupid Royal Rumble idea is going to be on, is going to be the show. What, what's the rules and blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. So that's why um, the first Rumble, or the first several Rumbles, really meant nothing. It was just specials, you know? And so that's why the first one was won by Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, and so, essentially, and 
that's a whole other story. Hacksaw Jim Duggan apparently was in line for a huge push, um, and then whatever happened with him and Sheik. But anyways, um, that's why the, if you look at the first two Rumbles, they really meant nothing. You know, and, and Hogan winning back-to-back, it was because nothing was ever on the line. It wasn't until the fifth year where, no, excuse me, fourth year, fourth or fifth year, where essentially um, they'd start putting the world championship main event on the line at, at there. But it, this was really set up in year three, though, because year three was when you had the first time, really the first big moment I can say in Royal Rumble history, because you had Hacksaw Jim Duggan win, then the second year you had Hulk Hogan win, but the third year, like big names were in it. You had Hulk Hogan still the WWF champion at the time, and he's in it. The Ultimate Warrior, the Intercontinental Champion at the time, like you had all these things happening, and you're kind of just sitting there. You're like, huh, what's what's going on with this? You know, and you had this first, and you had this face off. With these two huge names. And I think Mr. Perfect was still in the Rumble. And I think the Genius were both still in the Rumble. And it was the first real face-off in Rumble history that I can think of. As a matter of fact, I think it was. And the place was going wild. And Hogan accidentally, air quotes again, eliminated Warrior trying to eliminate uh, the Genius. So, essentially, that's where we're going this this, 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 with this, with these moments, we're gonna talk about the good and the bad. I'm gonna go into grave detail on what makes it so good to me and what makes it so bad to me. That's why I said this is a very, 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 very nitpicky list. But it's because I want to get so technical because I get a lot of questions a lot of times, and people are like, "Hey, man, like, why, like, what, what makes it so special for you, the Royal Rumble, and this and the third? And uh, I say, you know what? Why not do Two different lists, two different weeks, leading up to the Royal Rumble, talking about why it's so important to me or, or, and why I enjoy it so much, you know? And so this week, we're going to talk about the bad, the things that I'm going to nitpick the absolute hell out of. And so I, I'm just, that's just where I'm going. So when we say this. This list, you're going to find a theme that I'm going to explain later. I wrote down a This is probably the most notes I've taken on a segment in a very long time. But I want to make sure that I'm very thoroughly explaining my pickiness, you know? Um, so, let's go. Number one, Batista wins the Royal Rumble for the second time. Let me tell you why I hated, absolutely hated this. Because, and look here, and I know most of you guys know this, but um, the reality is, at the time Batista came back, it was known he was coming back. No one was hotter than Brian Danielson. And Batista has said that, hey, I told them I'm going to get booed. You guys need to let Brian Danielson win. They not only did not let him win, he wasn't even in the fucking Rumble match. And next thing you know, two years in a row, you have the crowd shitting and turning on the rumble match two years in a row because of this because of stubbornness and here's the problem that i'm going to address later on there's way too many two-time winners it becomes less and less special like for a little bit you didn't have many people who won the rumble twice for a while you had hogan you had Shawn michaels you had austin undertaker went close to 13 years before he ever won one rumble you know, so having two winners was very rare. 
And now, if you look at the list of two-time winners, it's ridiculous. You have Orton, you have Batista, you have Edge, you have Brock, you have, uh, as I said before, Austin, uh, you have Cena. Like, it's just, it's amazing how it just, how how morally, not morally, well, <laughs> let's not go there. How creatively bankrupt this man became when it got to time to be in being in the Royal Rumble time which is unfortunate because when you when you know it's the Royal Rumble you know it's Wrestlemania season and it's just different it's just fucking different it is so number two this is a theme Edge wins for the second time let's give the fucking story on this bullshit so this is still during the Thunderdome era and you have the 30-man Balrow, overall Rumble, excuse me. Not only did Edge win, Edge started at fucking one. I'm telling you guys, I know you guys think I hate Edge. I don't. I don't hate Edge. It's just he was on part of the creative team at the time. Why did he need to go number one to the finish? It was... Uh, that, I remember watching that Rumble, the Thunderdome Rumble, and I remember thinking to myself, because I think it was, what, 2021, right? I remember thinking to myself, like... They didn't really build up too many people, you know? And it just was weird. <coughs> and when they don't build the rumble up, excuse me, there's usually one person that, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, guys, I keep coughing, but, like, I'm just getting over the flu as I'm recording this. And I feel great now, but just uh, not fully back yet. But anyways, like, Edge was on the part of creative team. And I remember it was reported at the time that, um... Edge had used a little bit of his influence to, to get there. Now, once again, whether that's true or not, we'll never know. But there was no need for him to win. Now, the main event was what it was. But they didn't they ended up changing the main event. And so it was like to, to being a triple threat match anyway. So there was really no need for there to be Edge winning again. You know, we could have had Brian Danielson win. He had, he's never won a Royal Rumble. Look at the names of people who have not won the Royal Rumble. Brian Danielson. Jericho, CM Punk as of this recording, that may change, may not, we don't know. But there's a lot of people who have never won the Royal Rumble. Kurt Angle has never won a Royal Rumble. You know, like, Bret Hart has won one Rumble and he was a co-winner. So it's like, look, like, like this, there's not, there's, there's the, the, the names that you could have had win, just, just, it just works better. Anyways. Number three is, is 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 mixed in with number one. No Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan, whatever you want to call him. The crowd turns on the Rumble. I remember Rey Mysterio was like number thirty, and people were truly expecting. They were truly expecting Daniel Bryan, and when he didn't come out, holy crap! On a cracker, Rey Mysterio came out at thirty. Someone who I don't remember. The only time I ever seen Rey Mysterio get booed was ECW One Night Stand 2006. When he was facing Sabu and he was the world's heavyweight champion. And they booed the fuck out of this guy. Even though people... I get it. It was like... it's like I get that it was Sabu's home field. But Rey Mysterio was first recognized on the major scene at ECW. That's the first time I've ever seen Rey Mysterio. And then it was WCW. It wasn't the other way around. You know? That's how much heat this rumble got at the end. Because there was no Brian Dance and because Vince McMahon just had to have his way. So fucking weird. But it, it just it just it got the it got it got the road to WrestleMania start off on the wrong foot. That's the best way I could put it. 
Number four, the first time ever, last time ever, 40-man Royal Rumble match that was, I'm not talking about the that, that Rumble match that they do count, even though it was in Jedi, uh, Saudi Arabia, but I, but it was for nothing. Uh, they have they, they counted so much that they have never really even acknowledged it. But anyways, um, so essentially, it was the first time ever it was going to be a 40-man Royal Rumble. This was one of the worst builds to the Royal Rumble and Royal Rumble history. The only person that ever talked was Del Rio. He was getting kicked in the face by Shawn Michaels. He was getting beat up by Legends. But he was the only one saying, hey, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. So now you're thinking, like, all right, how are they going to fill this, this roster? Let me tell you something. If you go back and watch that Rumble, which I don't recommend you do because I would not do that shit. You had Dolph Ziggler, who had just lost the World Heavyweight Championship in the first match of the night against Edge. He was in the Rumble. Unannounced, of course. Randy Orton in the Rumble, who just lost the WWE Championship match that that earlier that evening. So you, have, so you legitimately have just... They, they didn't even have enough people to fucking be in this Rumble match. And then the hottest part of the night was when Del Rio, it's the last two. If you haven't watched this Rumble and you don't know anything about it, you'll never guess who the last two were outside of the winner, Del Rio. It was fucking Santino Morella, who he, he, was given, he, he was given the hope spot now. Like, he was definitely 100% given the hope spot. And people thought he had won because he had gotten uh, tossed underneath the ring much earlier in the match. And, um, and so all of a sudden he comes back, he hits the Cobra, he goes to, and it's, it was, I will say, I remember watching it, because you all knew, you knew Santino wasn't going to fucking win, but I remember, like, right, as he's, like, like taunting to, uh, not taunting, but, like, uh, placating to the crowd, that he's going to throw Del Rio over the top rope. You see Del Rio grab his, uh, tights, like, just a little, little t- have on, and as he's running, then Del Rio just, like, undercuts him and tosses him out. Um, it was a good hope spot, but man, oh man, that was a bad Royal Rumble, and I'm glad something they never did again, because they just, even though they had the, the talent, I don't know, it just wasn't, dude, it, it was not booked well at all, it was awfully booked, and it just wasn't, it wasn't good at all. Number five, Brock Lesnar wins the Rumble for the second time, I told you there's a theme here, and I told you this was a very, these are very, very nitpicky list. Um, if you ask Matt Riddle, Lesnar booked himself to win. But the fact of the matter is this. There's no other way to get him to... Well, let me say <laughs> In Vince McMahon's mind, <clears throat> there was no other way to get him to the main event of WrestleMania without him winning the Rumble for the second time. He didn't need to do it. It was almost 20 years. Almost 20 years to the time where he first won the Rumble match. Super weird. Once again, I still I, I, I will maintain this. There's way too many two-time winners. There just is. Because this didn't need to happen. You know? But, yeah, I won't keep repeating myself. Number six, the 1999 Royal Rumble. The reason why this is on the list is because this was all... At the, this was the height of the Attitude Era. The height of Vincent Man versus Steve Austin. Steve Austin just got screwed at Survivor Series and Miss and uh, Vince Russo's magna opus night. That is the greatest night Vince Russo's ever had as a writer in wrestling. No one can tell me different. Um, the swerves we've seen, the things we've seen to build up to those swerves, it was the greatest night in his life of build up, payoff. <clears throat> and now Austin's chasing the title again. 
And so now you have the 99 Royal Rumble. There was no one in that Rumble that had any chance of winning outside Steve Austin. Mr. Man had entered himself. Mr. Man was number uh, two. Austin was number one. Shawn Michaels made McMahon number two because McMahon had made Austin number one. And so this whole thing, uh, then on top of that, Vince puts a bounty. <clears throat> he puts a bounty on the head of Steve Austin. Well, this had so much chicanery, whether it was Austin getting beat up in the bathroom, Austin being uh, taken out on a stretcher in the ambulance, Austin coming back. Uh, um, you had China in the Rumble, Mark Henry in the Rumble. It was so many, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. It was so many um, just smoke and mirrors because there wasn't, at the time, there was no other big names. The two other big names, they had already wrestled for the WWE Championship. Triple H was not there yet. No, 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 if you look at, Kane was a former champion, but if I'm not mistaken, Kane ended up, uh, matter of fact, Kane was a former WWE champion, um, but he had eliminated himself because he was in this weird storyline with the corporation where they were trying to take him back to the insane asylum, and it was really weird shit, um, Undertaker wasn't even in the Rumble, like, there was no, there was very limited big names, and when I say limited, Steve Austin was the only one. And no, I'm not counting fucking Vince McMahon. Um, so Vince, in the ultimate uh, act of fuckery, ended up winning the Royal Rumble himself, which he ended up losing the next month. But essentially, this was a Rumble that... 98 and 99 were clearly Steve Austin's Rumbles. He didn't win 99, but my point is they were all built around him. So it just X'd out everybody. 98 was probably... More egregious because like they, there was no mystery to it, you know. So so it's like one of those. There's no mystery to either one of them, you know. So um, it, it's just one of those things where it's just when you build around one person and one person only, it just makes everything else hard. To 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 you already have to suspend your belief already when it comes to pro wrestling. So imagine suspending your belief for an hour. Knowing that this one match is just built around this one person, you know. Number seven, two Rumble winners, 1994. In one of the weirdest things I've ever seen in my life, you saw a, you saw two people go out at the same time, and essentially you had you let this McMahon let the audience choose who would be the next WWE champion. The year prior, you had the Lex Express. You legitimately had Lex Luger looking like he was going to become WWE champion, and he didn't. He won by disqualification. No, count out. Meanwhile, Bret Hart is on the rise. He's a former WWE champion, lost the title to Yokozuna, never got a rematch because then Hogan didn't win the title, and then Yoko goes on his run, on his second championship run. Well, <coughs> excuse me. Well, Oh my gosh, it's cold. It's, it's 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 coming up now as I'm fucking talking. This is the most I've talked in all week. So anyway, sorry guys. Um, essentially, what happened was the crowd chose the next WWE champion. You would say, I would like to say that they had the crowd was split between Bret Hart and Lex Luger, but no, they were definitely pro Bret. Very few people were cheering for Lex Luger. Well, anyways, this is what made them determine that Bret was going to be the belt back at WrestleMania 10. Well, Brett was also already in a feud with his brother Owen. Earlier in that night, they had just lost a tag team championship match because 
Brett had kicked his leg out of his leg, according to Gorilla Monsoon. <laughs> and he came back and he was hurt. So it's one of those situations where it worked out. But I think it's so, I think it's irony. At one point in time, Vince did trust the audience. Vince did listen to the audience. You know, for as good as he was as a promoter, it's just amazing. Like, if you look at, back to, at his history and the things you see that he did, it's like, wow, like, huh. He actually did let the audience choose it. Here's the thing also. At one point in time, Lex Luger showed up at a house show with wearing the WWE Championship, and they wanted to gauge the reaction from the people. I don't ever recall ever hearing what the reaction was, but it, it's... It is, and Luger even said he did it too. It was on a shoot interview, but multiple people have said he went to a specific house show wearing the WWE Championship. So, like, it's a thing, you know. But yeah, having two winners was an awful idea. So, that should never be done again. And even on a DVD, Vince McMahon said, yeah, that would never be done again. Number eight, let's get some women in here. Every woman's Royal Rumble winner has been predictable except for the first. And so, that's my main knock on the Women's Royal Rumble. It's not even old enough. It's like five or six years in. But, legitimately, it's just like... Look look at the first winner. Asuka. Asuka, I believe, final two were the... Final three were the Bellas. And she eliminated all three of them. But she wasn't predictable because it was we didn't know who was going to win. At the time, though, Asuka had an undefeated streak. So, if anything, Asuka didn't actually need the Royal Rumble match to win. She was on such an undefeated streak at the time. And she ended up losing that, by the way. But she didn't actually need it if you think about it in that perspective. Outside of that, listen to these winners. It's You could pretty much guess who was going to win this. I will say this about this year. I have no clue who's going to win it. As of right now, <clears throat> I have not set my... I, I know who I'm going to predict the men is. I'll wait to do the prediction show to give you guys that. I, but as of this recording... <clears throat> excuse me. As of this recording, I have no clue... Who, who I think is going to win the women's. I don't know. I truly don't fucking know. But anyways, listen to the winners. Oscar was the first winner. Becky Lynch was the second. Charlotte Flair was the third. Bianca Belair was the fourth. Ronda Rousey was the fifth. And Rhea Ripley was all predictable at the time of these things. Except for Oscar. So I think that's the only knock I have on them right now. Even though they're six in. This will be number seven. And that's, this is not a bad thing. That's the only knock I have is it's, it's predictable. But this year, I have no clue. I I, I I wait for the prediction show. Number nine. I keep saying this, so I won't harp on it. Too many, excuse me, not too many new winners. I wrote this down. <clears throat> Listen to this, guys. Since 09, Randy Orton won his first Royal Rumble that year. After that was Edge. Both first-time winners. Del Rio, one-time winner. Sheamus, one-time winner, first-time winner. Cena, second time. Batista, second time. Reigns, Triple H, second time. Orton, second time. Think about that. How many seconds? Let's, let's, let's count them off together. Three, four, five. Five different men in that time span of becoming winners for a second time. Just amazing to me. Like, I, I don't know, man. It's just... When we look at the new winners since 09, you have Del Rio, Sheamus, Roman Reigns, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, and Cody Rhodes. You know, I, I, just, I just feel like not a, a new winner doesn't have to happen every year. 
I understand that. And sometimes for story purposes, for story purposes, it could have, you could make it, you could justify it. But sometimes, man, a lot of these aren't, a lot of these just aren't needed. So I won't keep going. I keep saying it. I won't keep going on about it. But yeah, it's not, it's not too many new winners and it's always freaking the same people winning. So, anyways, finally, number 10. Sheamus wins, but Jericho should have won. This particular Royal Rumble, it was actually a really good Rumble, and, and Jericho had returned, and Jericho was on fire this Rumble. It looked really, really good. And I thought Jericho was going to win. And Sheamus ended up getting the final elimination, which then he would go on to defeat Brian Danielson, uh, I think like what 17 seconds or something, to win the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, this was one of the better rumbles, but I still feel like this was the one. If Jericho was going to win one, this should have been the one he was going to win. This let me once once I seen this, I said, "Oh, Jericho's never going to win a rumble. He didn't need to win a rumble, but like it, it was his showing was so good. It was, and I think it's universally agreed upon." Um. How much Sheamus... You could have gotten to Jer- uh, Sheamus and Brian Danielson with Sheamus winning the uh, Elimination Chamber match. Getting Jericho to Punk, you could have had to... It would have been much better. But anyways, um, yeah, that's, that, that's it. I said this was going to be very, nit- very, very, very nitpicky. But those are just 10 things I can think of off the top of my head that I was like, yeah, like, it didn't need to be this way. This was kind of like, kind of corny. You know, so I just wanted to say that, and I want to do something different this year, and not just top ten list of, oh, the greatest rumble of all time. But no, just let's talk the moment. Let's, let's let's dig, let's dig deeper into this Philly cheesesteak. You know, let's 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 add the salt and pepper and jazz it up. You know what I'm saying? So, anyways, that's your show for this week. I am the Slow Chemical. Next week we're talking about the top ten best moments. So, um, oh, well, favorite favorite moments. So. I hope you guys enjoy it. So, I'm Soul Chemical. This is I See Things a Little Differently. We're out.